Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) The number one mistake people make. They can't, can't see, see. They can't can, see it. You can't Describe see his face right now. Yeah, it's scary. Oh, stop! <laughs> it's like into my soul. So, can you stop? You've done it three times now. Can I do one more? Yes. No, thank you. I'm good. I just wanted to be able to do one more. You know. Yeah. Um, I have two things I'd like to bring up. In the we'll pramble. get to you in a second. Oh, okay. we'll get to you in wow. a second. Um. Oh, one of which I can talk. About, I have three things. One of which I can uh, talk about that I just gave you a keyword for. Yeah. Uh. Give me my two keywords. Lacrosse ball and oh no! Come on, you got oh, it. No, what was the second keyword? Paper shredder. Paper shredder. Uh, was, can I be honest? Never gonna get it. Was so far away from that. Never gonna get it. Never gonna there get it. Go. Never gonna uh, get it. As we're starting to like get cl- not close, but like we're a couple months away from our full time travels. It if feels you guys close. listen to our travel episodes, we recorded a bunch. This past weekend, we just did a full dry run of packing. Yeah, we're nerds. I shared an Instagram story about it, which maybe like seven of you saw it, which is great. There's only nine of you who listen to the show, so it's well, pretty good seven percentage. Seven out of nine yeah. is pretty good. Uh, but it was a really good exercise for us to like figure out, okay, am are I going to be able to fit all yeah. everything I thought? And also, like, are we way off on the yeah. amount of things we thought we could take, or are yeah. we pretty close? We're pretty close. I have so much more preamble than I actually thought that we have. I, I think it's your podcast, and you can do whatever you want. So oh my, pre- preamble it's my it is. my podcast? Uh, it's ours. I think it is more my podcast than yours, though. Okay, why? Don't you think so? Why would you say that? <laughs> well, now you're just defensive. <laughs> why? No, I'm curious about your evidence. I think 51-49. Okay, I would yeah. really like for you to present some evidence to the court, which is oh, here's, a foreshadowing. This is an interesting question. Side tangent to the side tangent. God. We are so far down a road. Let me give you a little bit of extra cord here just in oh, case. Oh, give me? You get, you get it's squirrely. not because you were getting upset that the cord was touching your leg? I'm not going to go on the side change around. That's only going to cause trouble. Uh, coming back to it. So we did the dry packing run. It was fun. We are complete nerds. It's just it great. It's just great. Uh, we found out that we are bringing with us 246 total items. That's not every single item accounted for, like USB-C cords and all that. We didn't like count those out fully, but it's pretty close. I think I know what the lacrosse ball is. Oh, what is it? Go ahead. Is it a recommendation that someone gave you about what to pack? No. Oh, have you heard about this of... People swear that the secret to, um, like, fighting off jet lag is when you get to, like, a hotel room at your destination or whatever, you roll, like, a hard ball under the ball of your foot. Oh, Have you heard so, this? Well, so here's what's interesting. So I've, I've been having this, like, weird back – not it's not weird back pain because I've had it for, like, a little while. I think it's specifically doing a single-arm Romanian deadlift. <laughs> I really You've do narrowed it down because to this. like I think this is the one consistent exercise that I'll like try and go a little bit stronger for and I just think like the thoracic spine muscles for me they just get tweaked because I always end up for like a week and a half like it just hurts to move my head it hurts mm-hmm. my sleep you guys don't care but the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this up and the reason why the crossball popped up in my mind this uh-huh. morning is I was doing my thoracic spine exercises which Dr. Chad told me about on YouTube thank Thanks, you Dr. Dr. Chad, Chad. Uh, I've been using a foam roller and I'm like, oh, what happens if like 
I have this mm. like pain come up when we're on the road or you know me like sometimes I just like to foam roll my butt you know I get like a sore butt sure. and I was like oh this is the perfect reason to have a lacrosse ball because it's small, it's packable, and it can serve that purpose. Yeah. And also, we know this. What is the problem that we have when I'm like, hey, can you, like, massage this this part of me? What yeah. do you always say? I'm not strong enough. Exactly. Or you're like, it hurts my hands. Yeah. Which I totally get. Like, Which, by the way, this isn't, like, a thing of me being like, oh, I'm so no, no, weak. No, it's, no. like, literally, this. if you guys knew the size of my hands, you'd be shocked. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're. I uh, have disproportionately small hands. It's honestly, something I'm not insecure at all honestly, about. Honestly, they're inferior. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is not evidence for why this is more your podcast. You're going to be like, okay, exhibit C. Yeah. You have inferior, unreasonably small inferior. inferior hands. They're just inferior. Okay. D. Uh, exhibit D. Genetic weaknesses. You know what I mean? Like, they just... Uh, so anyway. Okay. Lacrosse ball. On my, on my go column, ahead, go ahead, exhibit go ahead. A, soft teeth. <laughs> I do have soft teeth, okay, unfortunately. So if you yeah. want to talk about genetic but weaknesses... I'm slowly getting them all replaced. With okay, well, the, that's rude because yeah. I can't replace my small hands. And... <laughs> you really can't. There are no successful small hand transplants yeah. happening. Okay, so lacrosse ball, I'm, I put that in our cart for things you to should, buy. You should look into this thing that I I'm was saying about. I'm very curious. This I, is I, a... I, you, when you said lacrosse ball, it like triggered something from from many many years ago of somebody saying they swear by it you actually talked about this there's like an app for jet lag right oh yeah there's so several now but there into. was one that i saw where it you set basically the time you leave in the time zone and then your destination in the time zone like when you arrive yeah and it will send you notifications of like okay try to stay up to this hour i'm so excited have coffee this for you to time. be our jet lag manager i'm the jet lag manager yeah that's uh, one of my many hats okay so I, I have two more packing related things and then we have Paper a whole shatter. other preamble so this is like just you guys just hunker Strap down in. um the second thing of this where did I want to go? Paper shutter. No. Oh. Coffee. Mm. So originally, so we, the dry packing room was great, right? And also this past trip that we went on just to Charlotte, but it was a short trip, I took our instant coffee with us. Yes. And truthfully, we we're could both- We're coffee snobs. You guys know are, that, right? We're big time coffee we're snobs. Very, we understand make, we're like spoiled. We just have very high standards for coffee. We know that that makes us sound super I make pour over coffee spoiled. every single day of our lives. I grind the beans, boil the water, but like everything. But it's like, know, know the things in your life that bring totally. you the most value. And so coffee is one of them. I have had a couple Waymers recently reach out and they're like hey are you really not packing any coffee making supplies like not even an aeropress or something like that and no, i was like no i was just gonna go high-end instant coffee now what we found on this last trip was while it is okay it's just very difficult to get it like the right amount like the ratio I, it's just kind of tough and also you can only bring so much like i like even well, the two exactly. pound you're bag that so i brought it's like okay cool you're gonna be set for the first what month, month maybe yeah maybe so of course i could buy more instant coffee but it's a lot easier to buy ground coffee from a coffee shop and have that and like carry that around because it's the same amount it'll last you a little bit longer Plus, it's a fun thing when you get to a new destination get you a new get bag new coffee. Of coffee so what i'm thinking yes. what i'm thinking about okay. is trying to find some room in my away suitcase to bring an aeropress I want to get the newer AeroPress that came out because it's actually made to pack smaller, which mm, is very important they, for us. That's nice of them to think of you that way. But the tricky part now I have to decide is, do I want to bring a grinder as well? A little hand grinder. Smaller than the hand grinder we have now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's much thinner. It would have to be. Yeah, it's much thinner. So mm. I have to figure that out. Otherwise, I could always just say, hey, can I have a bag of beans and can you grind them for me? Coffee shops will always do that, oh, well, then do which that. is a good idea. Well, then just do that. But what if I just want to grind? 
you know what if you do want to grind that's what i'm saying okay so something i have to figure out okay so that's the second thing third thing on my list of uh, preambles here yes in a future video about us like selling all our stuff in our house getting ready to travel whatever i want to do a fun segment that's like what are the three things that are like the creature comforts of our house Uh that you're really gonna upset you're gonna miss and one for me that i already have paper shredder i love and it's not like a it's a manual paper shredder i literally have to tell everybody what it is so it's not like a trash can that you get at office depot with a shredder on top it's a didn't you say it's built by a japanese company it's a japanese company it's a japanese company which you know picture they they know minimal design very well picture in your mind designed a glasses case for your glasses yes you know what that looks like Mm -hmm. now the the last inch of the glasses case is a rotating handle Uh like it it, it's all one piece but it rotates and then it's got these little teeth in the middle that you put a piece of paper in granted the piece of paper has to be three inches or less (laughs) so i'm constantly shredding i'm pre-shredding my shredded paper to be able to fit into this but i just i shredded some credit card forms and today. it was so satisfying i loved it it's just like the little shreds that come out the irony of this whole thing is like that object is small enough that you could take it around the world do you know good point but guess how much paperwork you get zero. around the world that you want to you shred know, zero do you know why i love this so much what why do i love this paper shredder so much um i mean it's all your favorite things it's no it's because you hate paperwork. Because I hate and it's paperwork cathartic. so much. <gasps> this is why. Babe, we just figured wow. it out. Wow. High five. Wow. That was a big moment. Okay. That's all my preamble uh, for my 51% of the podcast. Oh, okay. Now for can your I 49%. Have and feelings now? You can, but you have like two minutes because we're mm. losing everybody. Well, it is your podcast. I can so see the I just feel grateful that I got the two. Audience attendance dip levels. They're dipping. You really think this is more your podcast than mine? <laughs> <laughs> Do Are you. you Who writes the notes? Who organizes the episodes? Yeah, that's why you have 49%. Here's the problem. I literally just said that with such conviction it felt. Yeah. And then my brain was immediately like, oh, he's about to say, who writes the descriptions? (laughs) Who uploads the episodes? Who edits the... And so... Yeah, it's who sets 50, up all 50. the gear? Like it's 50, 50. 51.49. You're right. Jason. Congratulations. I'll give me. you 60.40. You can have 40%. Let's go to your preamble. Go. It's nice of you to acknowledge that it's 60.40, my podcast. <laughs> go. <laughs> okay. Well, as we sit down to record this episode, our day went for kind of a little loop de loop because your girl just got back from jury duty. Hey. Now, is mm-hmm. jury duty a worldwide thing? Uh, Well, it's no. Oh, okay. No, no. I just mean like in other countries like... Oh, they, well, I'm sure some countries that have a justice system like ours probably have a version of it. I don't it. know the answer to that. But when you think about it, like this is part of the video. You Did you watch the video? Uh, do you know that okay, like part... every second of that video that went by, I deleted it from my memory as quickly as possible? This is... Yeah. You were just like, forget it. And I'm like teacher's so pet. In, I'm you like, took okay, notes. You went to the back me. and you're like, hey, like here are all the notes I took. What yeah. did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> but in the video, they tell you that like one of the things that, I mean, obviously it's kind of government it's propaganda. It's propaganda for sure. For it's sure. It's like one of the things that makes, you know, the U.S. so special is our justice system and the fact that like right. a jury yeah. appears and okay. whatever. But I do, I personally do think that, you know, for all the flaws in our justice system, and we know there are tons, I do believe in civic duty and I do believe in Great. showing up. So that's why I showed up. Um, but it was kind of just like for somebody who has a lot of anxiety, I'll tell you what, the uncertainty, it's the combination of the uncertainty of jury duty mixed with the officialness of like the paperwork and like yeah. the scenario that is like 
worst case scenario for a person with anxiety because I'm like, okay, this experience feels simultaneously very high stakes because of all the official paper that you gave me yeah, 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 and yeah. like the, the, you know, you know, you get a fine or you go to jail or yeah. something if you yeah. don't do it yeah. mixed with, oh, but like, we don't know when you should show up. Like just call five yeah. days in a row the day before and we'll just tell you if you need to show up. So I call the first day that I was like supposed to report was Friday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Technically, yeah, you called it Thursday. Right, Thursday yeah. evening. I call, I call, I call, I call every day until yesterday, and they're like, "You don't have to show up." They 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 assign you to a group, and yeah. I'm like, "Oh, you can stay home." Last night, I'm like, "Oh yeah." So after four days in a row of being like, "You you're don't have to like, show yeah, up," I'm you're good. just like, "I'm good." Of course, yesterday I call, and they're like, "You're in this group. Show up at seven thirty a.m." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm y- like, it's, "Your girl, it's six p.m. the <laughs> night before. Are you serious?" Your girl is usually dead asleep. Your at girl 7:30. doesn't know what six seven thirty looks like, ma'am. <laughs> Recording on. Meanwhile, the phone. I'm like seven thirty. Like I could get like a lot of stuff done before that okay, time well, rolls around. Everyone has different genetic weaknesses. <laughs> okay. In- inferiority. I, mean, I should I should use that jet lag app for. <laughs> Um, okay okay so i show up first of all well, we get, don't need to give like the play-by-play i'm not gonna give the play-by-play yeah. all of that is to say okay the ending of the story is that surprisingly after about four hours three hours three hours there my the case got rescheduled right. and so everybody in our group got to be excused and you know we did our duty for a year so yeah. i literally just had to go to a place for three hours now had i known that I would have been so much less stressed out about it. But again, I like was not doing well, man. It yeah. was not a good experience you're, for and me. And you're speaking specifically about your anxiety. Yeah. Y'all, if you're listening to this, I have been doing so well in general with my anxiety. Definitely. Like a boss. I mean, the scale doesn't, we build a little anxiety we scale in the far studio. I know, that's how good you're that's feeling. That's how good I'm yeah. feeling. Because like, it just, it so rarely hits me. And when it does, it's kind of a fluke thing. And I can, I have so many coping tools that like, by the next day, it's gone. Yeah. Great. So I was like, okay, you know, I was, I had a little bit of a rough night of sleep last night. And I was like, I remember last night, I was like, I don't know why I just feel anxious and you were like oh because you're going to journey i was like oh yeah it's straight duty and so i tried to just keep talking myself down like it's fine it's fine i show up and you have to stand in this line outside the front door and just from the moment that you so jason dropped me off because we have one car from the moment you dropped me off i was just like not feeling good yeah it was really bad and then to make matters worse I expected going to this government building that it would be masks mandatory. And yeah. so I just thought, great, like, I, I'm a little nervous about being around people right now, even though we're vaccinated, but, like, it's not my favorite thing. But sort of like the airport, I thought, well, at least everybody will be wearing masks. And so I feel very safe when everyone's wearing masks because I'm just like, vaccination plus mask yeah. equals, yeah. you're fine. I get there and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. A lot of people in this line are not wearing masks. And I thought, well, certainly they'll put one on when we get into the building. Yeah. No, it turns out in California right now, there are some places that they're still mandatory, but government buildings is not one of them. Yeah. Of course, they say, like, if you're vaccinated, if you're unvaccinated, wear one, but, like, they're not checking for that. So, of course, one of the people not wearing masks sits directly next to me, you guys. Directly, I'm talking. And I have to, like, think in my brain, do I sit here or do I, like, 
do I sit here and be uncomfortable or do I withstand the discomfort of literally getting up and moving from this and person? And what did I say to you when you texted me? You said you'll never see this person again. I'll say whatever makes you the most comfortable, but you will never see this person again. I know. So what did I do? I went to the bathroom, <laughs> I came back and I moved away from the yeah. person. And then she went to the bathroom, came back and moved closer to me because that's how life goes. Yeah. I told What else did I tell you in that text? I don't remember. Just fart. <laughs> I really wish I would have weaponized my farts more. <laughs> just start farting. Yeah. Just like at all times. In just be the farting. I didn't girl. see that yeah. text, so I would have done that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that this is why I wanted you to share this because this is one of those examples for those of you listening who are like, why is Caroline sharing this? Like, we don't need to hear her like rehash this like uncomfortable thing. And the reason why I tend to push Caroline to lovingly push Caroline to share these things is to just normalize these experiences a little bit more for everybody yeah. to show you that they happen. And then also to give you credit for bouncing back like a tennis ball. Aw. Shout like out a to lacrosse ball. always be my maybe like a lacrosse ball, like a basketball or like a football. Not uh, a football it doesn't great movie, that. by the way, if you haven't watched it. But what this used to happen when this situation like today would go on is you would come home you would just be a complete frazzle mess. And then basically the rest of the day was ruined. Yeah. And and that's it's not a bad thing. It's totally okay. That is that is fine. But I think the progress that you've made over the years of being able to bounce back like a tennis ball is you go, okay, what do I need to feel better? And yeah. I need like 45 minutes to an hour to recalibrate. You made yourself a little cheese board. I did. Because that's what got me through. I was like, yeah. you get a snack when you get home. <laughs> Delicious <laughs> like snack. A child. Not this protein bar that you packed for lunch. Yeah, but, but, but also just like getting cozy in the yeah, bedroom yeah. and like getting in your safe space. And I do think that this is actually a really helpful example of we're going to run into this a lot next year. I know. These like uncomfortable, unpredictable, not what we thought experiences. And unfortunately it just affects you more than it does me. And so it's also helpful for me to say like, oh, okay, like you're you're not going to be derailed for a day all the time. You know, yeah, some yeah, days yeah. you will for sure. And that's totally well, yeah, okay. And, and that's what I actually tell myself in those situations is the way I find that reframing things really helps because it brings meaning to an uncomfortable experience. So when I tell you guys anxiety, I don't mean like a little bit of like racing heart. I mean like verge of panic attack a few times. Yeah. And I am glad that you encouraged me to share this stuff because as much as I hate being the girl who always talks about her anxiety and I definitely have that like self-awareness and like self-consciousness about always being that person. But listen, if this is the thing that I can help other people feel more normal, I will happily do it. But you look around like I'm sitting in the corner of this like jury lounge and I'm looking around and everyone just feels so unbothered. They're like, yeah, yeah this is an inconvenience. But like I'm reading my book. I'm doing my this. I'm doing my that. Meanwhile, I am blasting Enya in my <laughs> headphones. I am doing breathing exercises. You're texting your friends. I'm texting my yeah. friends to distract me. I am trying to manage my breath so that I don't have a full on panic attack in this place. Yeah. And everybody looks normal. And the funny part is I probably look normal. Yeah. And so when we don't talk about the internal experience, I feel the same way on flights because I have flight anxiety and I look around and I'm like, all you people are so, oh, you're the weird ones. Yeah. You're the weird ones. We're about to be in a tin can in the sky <laughs> and it feels weird and you're all acting normal. And it's because everybody on the inside could be feeling so panicky, Yeah. but you don't, you're not going to look that way on the outside. Yeah. And so if you're somebody who struggles with that, just know that you're, not alone. It's also very frustrating because it's very arbitrary. Yeah. So I can tell my brain all the things in the world. I'm like, you're you're fine. There's yeah. no real threat here. And that's actually what I have to do. But but going back to what I said before, part of the way that I sort of talk myself off the ledge is I just say, hey, this is very uncomfortable. It's okay that it's uncomfortable. 
it's an opportunity to practice feeling this discomfort and getting okay with it Yeah. because this will probably happen many, many more times next year and it's not going to end your world. Yeah. It's, it feels like it, but, and it's very, very uncomfortable and you feel like you want to jump out of your skin, but let's just focus on coming down. And yeah. so I'm and the, and then every time I'm able to get, go to that brink and talk myself down from it and breathe through it i feel like i have another like merit badge for my anxiety girl scout uniform yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm like okay like that's one more experience that i was able to get through so that next time i feel this way i can be like remember the stupid jury duty or remember the do you want an anxiety airplane. sash i wouldn't be opposed i think it's probably a good idea and then i just uh, put it on anytime i'm anxious all right 20 minutes of preamble later <laughs> Let's get that's it. Episode. That's the episode. All right. Bye. Uh, all right. 55, 45. And let's go ahead and jump into <laughs> this month's topic. Oh, also, I did want to finish up with one thing. I do find this interesting because I, I think this is just human nature. You feel like you're the quote unquote anxiety girl. I would imagine the majority of people who listen to this, myself included, who's think here you're all the, the time, anxiety girl? don't see you that way. And, and just think anxiety is like a yeah. very small part of who you are. Yeah. But because it's something that is like so like you feel it so much mm -hmm. it feels like a big part every time we talk about it which mm -hmm. is probably like 10 out of the 100 episodes we've done for sure and i have my own baggage that i have to work through in terms of always seeing myself defined as like the most quote unquote this is not reality but it's perception weak part of me yeah you know like i just i struggle with that um because of certain things in my upbringing or yeah, ways listen, that I adapted to, to life. I feel the same way about my soft teeth. Okay, let's get going here into the episode. The reason why people started listening to this episode, which is the number one mistake that we see over and over again with online business owners. A real cliffhanger in the title here. Yeah, I don't do a lot of clickbait titles as the person who is 56% owner of this podcast, but... I literally don't have the energy to fight you on this, but it's really upsetting to me. <laughs> uh, it, this really is the, the main mistake. Right. And that mistake is... Spending all your time and energy creating things, yeah. which by the way, yay for you, yep. creating things is great, yeah. and spending zero time marketing them. Yeah. That's and this, it. this really even does go into territory of social media content, because if your social media content is not leading someone to a potential opportunity to buy something from you, and that's not to say that you need to mobilize every single piece of your content to be a marketing bridge to purchase your product, but it is to say that a lot of people hide behind creating their art or creating their thing and then never creating a bridge to get someone to then pay the money for that right thing. so i think that scenario falls in this category i think also people who love the creation process of making a new product and naming it and building the digital course and oh it's a new ebook and i love designing the layout and oh, i love I was, branding i was building it on squarespace now i need to go to show it let oh, me learn show i was it. on show it but now i need to go over to this and it's like Listen. But then, you, so let me finish. So yeah. you spend all your time in the, do, those activities and then, you know, 5% of that same time being like, hey, I have a new course yeah. online. You just never tell people about it or you don't write the emails or you don't build the marketing bridge as we talked about. And then you wonder like, crap, like why didn't anyone buy? Yeah. And it's like, it's because your time allocation is just not conducive to sales yeah i want to i think where i want to start with this is just this this whole idea of starting ugly and like starting mm -hmm. before you're ready and applying this to your marketing and promotion of your thing and understanding that never once in the history of online business for those of us who are normal and like us in this entrepreneurial space that we exist in 
have launched something and been like, everything about this is perfect and I love it and it's great and I am just so ready for the world to see it. Right. It is always like, oh, damn it. I, I had like it... seven more things I had to yep, do. Yep. I have a bunch more lessons I had to film. I didn't film any lessons. And had I had to just... cut that from the sales yeah. page. Oh man, really wanted that cool GIF thing that yeah. I saw in that other email. Oh my, the like video that I wanted to do to promote this. Like I didn't have time to do that. It's like, that is everybody You're and that is that okay. So the key is as early as possible, like right now today, is to start figuring out how you can build promotion into your product, strategy. business, your strategy, et cetera, and know that like even that is going to be ugly. The version of that is going to be right. not perfect, not great. But if people don't know that you have something to sell and why they should buy that thing and why it helps them or why it's entertaining or whatever that is, you're always gonna run into this problem of, well, maybe if I just create a new thing, that thing will be exciting enough for someone to buy. Yes. As opposed to having this mindset of, I just always need to have in my strategy time to promote something so that people understand that they can buy things from me and what those things will do for them. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because that last part that you said, I'm trying to unpack like why we do this, right? And I think one piece of it is you think that the idea itself will be good enough or the product itself will be good enough that people will just somehow magically, you know, if the, if you build it, they will come kind yeah. of mentality. It'll be that good that people will find it. And what you have to realize is, I mean, it's like coming up with the most beautiful poem that is going to change the world that you've ever written in your head and then writing it down in like not a language that people can understand. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter how good it is. If you're not connecting with the audience, if they can't see the poem, if they can't know the poem, literally that thing doesn't exist, yeah. you know? And so it's like the same with your product. It can be great, but you have to build a bridge of information to a person so that they can know about it. Yeah. And that's marketing. Yeah. And I do think that like we can give you a whole list of things that you could do just like right away to start doing more quote unquote marketing. And like we could even just rapid fire some of these right now if we just wanted to share some of these. And and I Great. think that I think that they would just be helpful for people to be like, oh shit, like okay, let me just write some of these down because I I've probably heard them, but like now I'm getting them like rapid fire. So first thing is Every single email you send to your email list, dear heavens, I hope you have an email list, but include a call out to your product somewhere in it. At the bottom, whatever, like mention the problem, mention that you have this product, let people know how they can pay you for it. Boom, one idea for you in every email you send. By the way, these are not, you have to do those. Yeah, but it's these like, are just, you can. Yeah, we're in no bad, bad ideas brainstorming for you right now. Yeah, do a live workshop, teach a, teach a subject about something that's related to your product and try to get people to show up live. Absolutely. Uh, on social media, maybe you post three to four times a week, whatever it is, one of those posts has to be why your product solves a problem for the people who follow you and yep. a way for them to go learn more about it. Yep. Every week, yes, every single week you should have a post that talks about your products. Also just in general, sort of a coming up with a sales strategy for whatever your product is, whether it be, oh, I'm gonna launch it this many times a year, yeah. or I'm only gonna do it for a period of time, or um, it's gonna be av available all the time, but I'm gonna do these like couple of more, you know, sales pushes around these holidays or whatever it is. I, I think a lot of people don't even do that, right? right? They just go, I made it, it's up, on to the next product. Yep. And you're like, well, there's so much untapped potential in this thing because you don't even have a sales strategy to yeah. sell it. So specific, I'll just like uh, kind of like 
ear note your ear note is that a thing like earmark earmark your your thing is like figure out times when you want to do focused launches of your products mm -hmm. so that you can do either a discount or a bonus or whatever but like you put a lot of energy into this like one time or two times or three times or four times a year that you're selling your product absolutely what's another idea for it? let's do two more one each oh what do you got? okay um you could do if you have another piece of ongoing content like a podcast yeah. do your own podcast reads at the beginning and end of your episodes yeah mention that you have a product and again like jason said a problem and solution yeah put it there and i think uh even just to give you guys some hard data obviously our podcast is not the benchmark for how you should do things but uh, one of our last launches it was like 25 percent of people said that the our podcast was the way they heard about wandering gameplay unlimited wow so a quarter of our new customers came and by from the way podcast. we have a small podcast it's tiny nine people i've told you so many times nine people seven people bought uh so the no it was only a quarter so it was mm -mm, three it was mm -mm. two and a person i'm bad at math um the last idea that I have for you, this is for all of you who have no audience whatsoever, is to find someone who is in your related field that you could create some type of, either it's a workshop, either it's a, an email series, either it's some type of free lead magnet type of thing, and see if you can somehow get a relationship with them where you would give them 50% of anybody who purchases it, but like it's just an easy affiliate win for them. Because they're like, oh, this is a cool thing my audience would like. Yes, I'll promote this to them we'll each make money off of this and it's good to go. Yeah. So those are some rapid fire ideas for you just threw those out there. Yeah, and to tie that in, I think going back to what you said at the very beginning, a reminder, I know we say it all the time on this podcast, but we, we're gonna continue to say it for many, many years to come. The way to succeed in business is to become okay with experimentation. Yeah. Understand that your marketing plan, version one, is not probably going to work right off the bat. Yeah. That's why you have to try Go, you might go through a version of every single thing that we just listed out until you get to the one that works for your audience, for your product. But I really think that if you're listening to this right now and you know that you're in the camp that maybe spends the majority of your time creating and the minority of your time marketing, yep. challenge yourself to shift those percentages, even just 50-50, you know, and just see how that feels. And, and and try to view marketing as a creative process. Like yep. if you find yourself in the creation zone because you like to create, try to reframe marketing as a creative pursuit. Like what creativity can I bring to this quiz funnel? What creativity can I bring to this workshop? Yep. What creativity can I bring to this partnership with someone? Um, because you're still creating, but you're creating bridges that are going to go to your creations. Yeah, and I think that brings up kind of one of the next points that I wanted to touch on, which is so often in the online business space, it's like, okay, I need a funnel, gross, I don't wanna set that up. Okay, I need to post social media content so I can do that. I don't wanna be on social media. Okay, I need to create a really slick sales page that has all these like calls to action and testimonials and like blah, 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 blah. And what people end up doing is they go, I don't like doing any of those. Yeah. Then they do nothing. Yeah. And what you need to find as a business owner is a way that you can have creativity in that and that's where you can go okay those are the well-worn paths that work and i can use those if i want mm -hmm. but what are the things that maybe i'm interested in mm -hmm. doing what can i do that's different that stands out from all those things perfect example that just popped into my head do you remember when i was selling some of my smaller paintings and i'm i'm pretty uncomfortable with pricing my paintings yeah listen there's some imposter syndrome stuff there whatever i, I have no not none but like I've worked through that on the business side, but the art side, I still have it. 
And I thought, I want to sell these paintings, but I don't want to just slap a price tag on them and put them up on a website. I did a blind auction in my Instagram stories. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it just basically means like you bid your price without seeing what anybody else bid. And yeah. whoever had the highest bid gets the piece of art. Yeah. And it was this, this way for me to not only not tell you my audience what the value of the art is you tell me what you think the value of the art is and then i still get the highest price that someone was willing to pay and then it it feels like the value was set by the person getting it yeah and that to me is just an example of what you said which is like you can say no 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 to all the things you're not comfortable with but challenge yourself to then come up with the yeses that are okay you know still something that you can do that you're comfortable with instead of just saying i'm not going to do any of it yeah and i really just I see this so often because I talk to so many of our Wandering Aimfully members. I'm the one who's answering so many of our emails from people after we send these Monday emails. And it's feeling a lot like 5545 that you're trying to sell me on. I mean, I'm me at 7525 at oh, this point. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but I, I get this so often from people who are just like, I just feel like I'm in my zone of genius when I'm designing my mm-hmm. website or when I'm like working on my product or when I'm you know, creating, you know, content or whatever. But as soon as I have to get into marketing or promotion, it is just the worst feeling for me. Mm-hmm. And and I think part of that is exactly what we're talking about of you got to get more creative with it. But I think another part of this is at some point or another in your time as an online business owner, you have got to make the mental shift that this is a necessary evil. And I've said this many times and I always butcher it. But sales and promotion are not necessarily evil. Mm-hmm. So it's just a big mental shift to go, oh, I'm not a bad person or I'm not someone who's like trying to like take money out of people's hard earned savings because I'm offering them this product. No, I'm offering them a solution to a problem. It is up to them to decide whether they want to buy it or not. It has nothing to do with me being a good or bad person. Right. And I just think there's this huge mental shift that's so important to make. And I don't remember at what, I mean, I think my I wear your shirt experience like supercharged my learning process Mm -hmm. for that because like i had 365 quote-unquote products to sell a year right i mean after like 30 of them you got a lot of experience well that's what i was gonna say about the zone of genius thing is like maybe part of what makes it feel like your zone of genius is creativity and not marketing is because you've done more reps yeah you've put in the time on creating and so you feel comfortable you feel confident because we all know experience is what breeds confidence the reason you don't feel confident in the same way about selling is because you're never taking that leap putting yourself out there enough times to get comfortable doing it yeah so going back to like what i was saying about reframing with the jury duty thing about me being like okay i'm uncomfortable but remember every time i do this and i come down from the edge of a panic attack i'm stronger for the next time and i'm more confident about my ability to do uncomfortable things the same goes for selling yeah every single time you write that sales email and you feel gross remind yourself okay, this is a chance for me to just like get another rep in, feel what that feels like, learn from the process. And the thing I go back to, like you and I talk about this all the time because sometimes I'm like, sometimes I want to be the the like the soft parent where I'm like, listen, it's hard. I get yeah. it. Everyone yeah. has. Other times I want to be like, some people need a kick in the pants. Totally. And so there's two parts to this. One is it's okay if you feel this way and if it's hard for you to do selling, that's okay. But also, there comes a point where you have to ask yourself, well, I am a business owner. If I want to be a business owner, if I want to earn a living off of this business that I have, 
selling is like the most foundational part of that. Yeah. That's where the exchange of value for money comes in. And so that requisite is never going to go away. Yeah. And so if you want to have this be your life and you want to do this for a very long time, there does come a point where you kind of just have to ask yourself, am I going to get better at this or am I going to just pretend that it doesn't exist? Yeah. And there's a lot of or there are a lot of people that I think maybe there aren't a lot. There are people that we all see that are on YouTube and they just make gobs of money just being themselves and being on YouTube. But they are the exception, not the norm. Mm -hmm. And and I think that so many creative business owners especially are like, oh, well, I've seen these people on Instagram just like make their art on Instagram and then eventually they just make a whole bunch of money. And so like, I'm just going to follow that path. Right. And it's like, yeah, but what you don't understand is like, th there's a really small handful of those people. Right. Going back to what we said before about like, if if you build it, they will come. Right. There, there, there are those people. Right. And if you look for them, you can be convinced that that's the way to do it. But what Jason is saying is that is such a small percentage of people yeah. that the product itself or their art or their online course or their entertainment or their skill or whatever is so great and so just well positioned in the market that it cuts through yeah. and that people find their way and it hits a tipping point and then they don't even have to do marketing. I've got a metaphor. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So picture this, like this kind of idea of, okay, I know that somewhere in California, I can drive, we live in California right now, I can drive and I can just go get a bunch of like produce for free somewhere okay. in California, a right? Farm? I don't know, I don't have any information. But also I know that I can get some seeds and I can plant them literally in my backyard and I can tend to them. And eventually I will have produce literally at my disposal. Okay. This is the metaphor for me of people who don't do selling and promotion is the like, I know that money's out there. And if I just like drive around for like all time, I'll probably run into this free food that I want. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know what? If I just go and like learn about seeds, learn about fertilizer, figure out the watering thing, yes. build a little planter box, do the watering myself, tend to it, be patient, know that it's gonna take a season for them to grow or maybe two. Maybe I'm gonna mess up. Maybe I'm gonna kill this first batch. Maybe they're gonna get eaten by raccoons. But you know what? I can start again. I can do these things again. And it's like, you take control in your hands yeah. of growing your own produce, which is promoting and marketing and selling your own products, as opposed to the like, well, I'll just drive around for a while and hope that I run into a stand that's going to give me a whole bunch of produce for free. How was that metaphor? It was really good. I honestly had no, no idea clue. where you yeah, were going. Yeah, which is great. Um, I think I talk about this concept in my book, and if not, it was a cut chapter, but I call it ownership. Yeah. And I haven't talked about it a lot, but it's just this idea. I think it's one of the most, I was just talking with a friend about this yesterday, one of the most I think crucial mindset shifts that you can have as someone who is going to be an entrepreneur forever is this idea of ownership and going, okay, it's like our, our workshop make money making. Yeah. There are people who are like, oh, they're like, it's so hard to make money. There's so like, what do you even, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. I don't know ideas. And then there are people who go, no, you know what? I have all the tools necessary. It's only a matter of creativity and looking around and going, okay, like what seeds do I have that I can plant? Exactly. And let me figure out how to plant yeah. them. And also, sorry to cut you off That's real quick. Okay. You may have the, se the seeds to plant 
for the produce that you actually are not like really looking forward to eating. Like, oh, I just have a ton of butternut but I squash. I just need food. But you know what? I need food right now. Yep. And so like I'm going to plant butternut squash for the next year. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to harvest the butternut squash. I'm yeah. going to go to the market. Yeah. I'm going to exchange the butternut squash for watermelon, watermelon seeds. Absolutely. Plant the watermelon seeds. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like there are certain points. And, and th- for those of you who are not tracking along with that <laughs> metaphor, it's the idea that you may have to build a product and sell a product or a service that you don't absolutely love and you like jump out of bed just like rejoicing that you get to work on it every day. It may be something where like you're still doing client design work for another year, but you know what? It's it's sustaining you. And you got your eyes set on those watermelon seeds and yeah. you're going to trade up the first second that you can. And I'm sorry I cut you off. Did you have more you wanted to no, say with that? Because I think the I ownership thing. Yeah, I think the ownership thing is is exactly the point that we're both trying to make. And it it is so much related to other things like having an email list. Because while having a social media following is wonderful, when the algorithms change, when people's behavior change, when the app runs into some trouble with the FCC and goes away, like any of those things that happen, an email list, it's like we're so unlikely to have an email list go away at this point. Well, I see it happen so often on social, like when the algorithm changes and people's reach goes down. I see people complaining about it and I get it. Like also social media is the place we go to complain. So I get it. But going back to that ownership point, I think to myself, you're putting so much ownership on the platform like oh they're making it hard for you to like earn a living like I get it that might be true but every moment and every breath that you waste on blaming them is a moment that you could be spending taking ownership and going great these are now the new rules these are now the new circumstances let me adapt let me figure it out like you know what I mean I I just think the more you can cultivate that mindset and I do want to say as a caveat this is not to say that I mean I think that this this idea is applied in a lot of toxic ways, especially like in the self-help realm where people are like, oh, take ownership of your life. You're 100% responsible. It's like, listen, I get it. There are things that are beyond your control. And if we pretend that that those systemic forces don't exist, we do a disservice to people. So I want to acknowledge that. But it's nuanced and, and there's truth to it. And the more that you can say, what can I control in this scenario? And when it comes to your marketing, you can control that. Yep. Don't just sit back and let the money come to you because you'll probably be disappointed. Instead, yep. ask yourself, what's the new experiment I need to run? How can I make myself uncomfortable to get better at this skill that is, you know, not does not come naturally to me? Make a list of the things that you have not tried yet. If yep. you're stuck in your business and you're disappointed and you're like, this is not working, Please sit down and make a list of 10 marketing ideas that you have not tried yet. And then remind yourself, then just go through one by one and try stuff. Yeah. And if you're one of those people who's like, but I have no marketing ideas, wanderingainfully.com slash marketing. There are 13 ideas waiting for you with full blueprints right now. There you now. go. And I said a list of 10, so, so extra credit. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just, I just, I'm hoping with this episode that there are a handful of the nine people that listen. Yeah. They're like, you know what? I have been hiding in working on my product. I have been hiding in making my website on a whole new platform. I have been hiding in, oh, I need to set up my Flowdesk account and I need to set up this and I got to get my branded campaigns and I got to get these things in. My Pinterest doesn't look great and my grid on Instagram isn't perfect. It's all—it's like, yeah, but no one knows they can buy something from you. Right. And you're not doing anything to learn how to speak to people so that they can understand you're not just offering them something to buy, you're offering a solution to their problem. Yep. And that it is actually a problem that you are solving or you're just selling something of value that is very entertaining or helpful helpful because not every single business solves a problem as we all know but i just i'm i'm really hoping that in this episode 
because of the clickbait title that, that I wrote for this, <laughs> that you do understand if you fall into that category of, I create more than I promote, that you will make that shift to, you know what, I'm going to promote more, maybe not more than I create, but more than I ever have before. Yes. And I'm gonna give myself permission to say, this is a season for me of promoting, experimenting, understanding that when things don't work, that doesn't mean my business is a complete failure, because that's the other thing yeah. that we know so many people, especially even in our own community, who have done one launch and it did not go well, and then they never want to launch again. Yeah. And and that's not fair to your business. It's not how you should think about things. And it and we know it's difficult. We've been attached to certain launches and, and the non-success of them as well. Absolutely. But it's about going, great, okay, uh, what what did I do wrong there? Or what, what wasn't going right? right? That, okay, well, you know, it's like the quote of like, well, that's uh, one more way not to invent a light bulb or whatever yeah, the thing is. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I just, that's, that's my whole kind of like mission of this episode is to get a handful of you to go, I have been stuck in those weeds. I want to promote more and market I will more. promote more than I ever have before. Vote for Jason wow. and Carol. <laughs> How do you feel? Bad about You feel it. bad about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't love it. Yeah, I don't really love it either, to okay. be honest. Well, I was just trying to get my percentage minus up, bro. <laughs> 2%. You can agree that that's minus 2%. Yeah, we're going to have a real fight about this after. I'm just kidding. Are I'm there kidding. any other you things? You know it's 50-50. I love you. Any other things you want to No, bro. Let's get this? right on into movies. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did have one more thing I oh, wanted then, to, yes, to ask that you. that thing. Do you remember the launches? So Wandering Aimfully will be in its fourth year of business here in a couple months, which is kind of crazy to think what? about. What? Yeah. In 2023? 2022. That's what I mean. Yeah. Wow, I just skipped that you whole year. You just skipped the whole year. It'll be our fourth year of business. Wow. Do you remember the pressure that we felt of the early launches versus we're like six weeks away from our, our next launch? And of I would course. say that we feel zero pressure for our next launch yes and i just wanted to touch on that for a moment because i'm i'm hopeful that the time also gives people a moment to a moment to think about oh okay so i may have to reframe how i think about this of it might be four years before i'm really comfortable selling and promoting absolutely that is okay like yes. that's not an insurmountable amount of time to work on your business and know that it's going to be a little bit difficult in how you think about promoting and selling but four years also in the grand scheme of life is not that much time. And then the next four years after, the next 10 years, the next 20 years after that, if you've really figured it out and it works, you're winning the game of business. Yeah. Also, it took us three years just to get a format, a mixture of all the right variables to where like a launch, I would say, was quote unquote very successful. Do you right. know what I mean? Where it like... We got, we exceeded our number of sales goals. We, it felt really good. We weren't stressed out. Like it took us three years to get to that combination of factors. Yeah. And I forget, did we? We have a sales page we don't have to redesign every time. We have right, a set right, of right. sales emails that work that we we're okay with. We have a positioning sending. that yeah. we like. We have, you know, all these different things. I feel like, did we, I know for sure there's a reel on our Instagram account. If you're curious about like what the those, journey was, the journey yeah. was to get from zero dollars in revenue, um, there's a reel on our Instagram page at Wandering Aimfully, and it's like 15 seconds long, so you really get the yeah. cliff notes. But you know, 
there were several little decisions that we had to make along the way. And each one of those decisions was because it wasn't working. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, they switched from a membership to a coaching program. Oh, they just launched a pro. Every time that we did one of those inflection points, it yeah. was because it was not working yeah. and we had to try something different. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that. It's taken us four years to get to a place where we feel really comfortable selling Wandering Aimfully. And I know this upcoming next launch, I'm imagining it's going to go just like our spring launch did. It's going to feel the same way. It's going to be probably the same amount of customers because we haven't changed much of our marketing. Our email list has grown at the same amount. We have the same, almost the same amount of subscribers and Instagram followers. Everything is going to be pretty much the same. All things considered, knock on wood, that nothing bad happens in the world. And we've earned that through four years of messing up, doing things wrong, being nervous about selling, but still being willing to do it so we could learn from the experience. So I just hope that that's also a moment of encouragement, not discouragement where you go, it's going to take me four years. No, it it might take you four years, but you just have to be willing to put in that time and see that you're playing the long game here of your business. Totally. All right. Now All let's right. get to movies. Are you ready for movies? Absolutely. Do you remember what the two movies were? I do. I said do you, it on the way in here. Well, I know, but you say a lot of things a oh, lot wait, of times. Did you realize we watched, I mean, Inception, I don't think is a, a classic. Well, we're we're getting close to like not I know, being in the classic movie. It's just movie night. It's just movie night. Yeah, but we still call it classic <laughs> yeah, movie Yeah, and night. we try to go one, at least one that's like older. Inception I would say the still is. I would say the second movie that we watched is an instant classic for our household. Absolutely. There we go. So it's still classic movie night. All right, Inception was the first movie we watched. Yeah, I I stumbled across a uh, video on YouTube of Killian Murphy talking about his pivotal roles, and one of them was Inception, and I completely forgot he was in that movie. Yeah, like did not actually. I forgot well, you forgot everything about the movie. Everything yeah. about the movie except for Leonardo DiCaprio, I forgot. Yeah. So I wanted to watch it again, and You're a little close by the way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow, it's, wow, 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 wow. It's wow. as mind-blowing wow. as you might remember if you only watched it one time like wow. we basically have. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Inception needs like a big introduction of what it is no, as a movie. No, but you know what? I definitely picked up about 30 to 40% of that movie the first time. Do you think so? I do. You Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you think you... I'm being generous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do because I watch a lot of movies with you. Oh, I know. But guess what I'm bad at? Yeah. Like thriller plots. But guess what I'm good at? Existentialism. And like time <laughs> paradoxes, you know what I mean? I'm a yeah. real conundrum of a girl. Yeah. Common sense, <laughs> extreme like wings yeah. of calculus and really what and it is intellectualism. It's like Whee! any movie with a uh, uh, difficult to understand plot, very difficult for you to to grasp around. Uh-huh. Any Christopher Nolan movie? Oh, Christopher! Well, I think I got thirty percent of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I will go along on the ride. Yeah, yeah. I the anyway. time the time boy Christopher time, Nolan. Yeah, I as think the I girls think I can on the time boy. I hate it, but I love it. Podcast call him, uh, which is just great. Um, but yeah, okay. So Inception, such a good. I will say though, what did I say at the end of the movie? I was like, this is so interesting. Like, yeah. I can't. He worked on it for like ten years. The idea, it's so complex. I love it. You know, whatever. But at the end, I'm like. But what was the point? Like, what are we trying to right. say? And and what did I say? Do you remember what I said? You said, I don't think it matters. <laughs> no, well, I said, I don't think it matters necessarily. But also, I I took away from it, because you never know if this is right or not, that it's basically just, no matter what reality you're living in, whether we're in a dream world or whatever, just be where you are and enjoy what you have. And that's it. Like Yeah, I like that. Like, that, I think, is the thing that I take away from that movie, that I'm like, Great. Okay, cool. Like, this is all a simulation, and, like, there's a bunch of robots that set this up. You know what? 
that's fine. Like yeah. I'm doing my best to like live within the simulation and just like be a good person here. I took away also like I, I don't think that this was the intention whatsoever and I don't mean to say that this was in any way shape or form like a representation of some type of mental illness but it made me empathize with people who potentially have mental illness like schizophrenia or something oh, yeah. like that because I can't imagine how scary it would be to look around and feel like sort of disconnected yeah not even disconnected but like really uncertain about what perceptions you're having are reality and which ones aren't yeah and how both of them feel equally real to you so again not a message from the movie but that's something i took away from it as i was like wow i didn't get this the first time around i really put myself in the shoes of the um his wife's character and how scary that would be and then also his character as someone who is trying to convince, you know, is trying to be an anchor back to reality for his wife and um, can't be. Nice. Uh, <laughs> minus 2%. I would definitely say that if you have not watched Inception in a long time, give it a rewatch because it's one of those that you watch after maybe it's been 10 years since you've seen it last. And you can, it, it's still very much a movie you can appreciate. Like, I think it holds up. I think the effects are still really great. The entire, like, dream sequences, like, it just, it makes you think. And, like, you have a moment where you're like, wait, which dream are we in? And yeah. you have to, like, plot that out. Yeah. You're like, how far deep into the. You also get Tom Matrix Hardy, which just, you know, any Tom Hardy oh, is just Tom fantastic. Hardy. You so get great. JGL, which is great. Tom Hardy has such good, like, um, he's such a, like, natural actor. He just, he, it looks like he's just a normal person that got plopped into yeah. the movie. And, yeah. and, and like, is... that's how I think of him. I'm yeah. just like, he is the every character. role that he does. Exactly. Like, you're like, how did Tom Hardy end yeah. up? Yeah. It's movie? like Daniel Day Lewis. Like, he just is those he characters. Is, yeah. Like, he just is method. That's what he is. Yeah. All right. What's your rotten potatoes? Oh, I mean, 9.5. 9.5? Wow. Nine. Okay, that's more realistic. Because, you know, for example, something like Interstellar yeah. is another Christopher Nolan. And it, it's, you could argue, very intellectually stimulating in the same way, very complex, very, like, multiple dimensions and realities going on. But I felt like the message was stronger. Like the the, the, the theme? The, yes. And I know people are going to come for me because they're like, oh, how did they're you not, not get a message from not. Inception? But We're I, this far in. Mm, the people who listen this far in, like, they love, don't come for you. Love yeah. people? Love your family? All right. So a nine. Uh, Yeah, I would give it a nine. I would give it okay. a nine. The only reason I wouldn't give it a ten is probably just because, like, the lack of humor. Like, I could have just used more humor. And Christopher Nolan movies are not usually full of humor, but that's also why it gets less of a point for me. Like, I just want more jokes. That's just a personal choice. That's my own personal Rotten Potatoes Okay, speaking of humor. Speaking of humor, first of all, give this movie your rating before we even start. Okay, I don't want to oversell it. I'm so nervous. I understand. This is the Rotten Potatoes. This is our classic movie. I think this movie is a 10 for me. This is a 10 for you. This is a 10 for me specifically. Have there been other 10s? Fugitive? Was that the only other 10? Fugitive is a 10. Braveheart is a 10. Yeah, we haven't watched Braveheart in this. I know, it's a Because I don't want to spend four hours watching Mel Gibson's One of these days, I hear that. Watch it for your own self. Your own self. I will. Uh, A 10. The second time, I I did believe. not see this. I part of it is that I came in with such low expectations. Yeah, and well, I'll be honest, the first like ten or fifteen minutes, I was not sold. Yeah, I was not sold. Also, we were coming off of Inception, which I mentioned. <laughs> like these two movies, watching these back to back, very bizarre. Yeah, like you're. It, it was a hard shift yeah. because. Wait, did we say the movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Tell them. The movie is Jungle Cruise. It's the new Disney movie with Emily Blunt and. The Dwayne Rock. Johnson. Yeah. We're, he's Dwayne now. Yeah. Um, and so listen, before you disagree with me wildly, 
you have to go into it knowing that this is a Disney family adventure movie. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. This is the scale that we are evaluating it on. Yeah. You can't even compare Fugitive to Jungle Cruise. You just can't you do it. You don't. They are tens in their own realms. Right. Okay? Yeah. Of this type of movie, though, this is a 10 out of 10 for this type of movie. Let's give some other movies that are like this movie. Oh, okay. The Mummy. The Mummy. National or, Treasure. I would say a Pirates bit. of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. I would say, yeah, yeah National Treasure is a it good one. It falls all, like, that's Adventure, the genre. Adventure, family, yeah. comedy. Yeah. Uh, so I will say that my, I'm not going to spoil anything because it's a brand new movie, just like, you know, a thing we talked about before with, what was the other movie we did? Black Widow. Is that what we talked about? Yeah. Um, the chemistry between Dwayne and Emily is fantastic. And I'll be honest, they didn't write enough jokes for them together. They really did not. They're, it really takes a while for them, their chemistry to pick up, but yeah. there was one scene when they're by the river, I'll just say. Oh, the whole thing's like on a river. It's called Jungle well, Cruise. It's, yeah, it's a cruise, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there's one scene in particular where the comedy is just off the charts. Yeah. I felt like they improved a lot more. So there was, I really felt like they needed more. Totally, yeah. And I'm, my hope is that this movie does really well or does well enough that they make another one and that they really lean in and let them because let them like interact more because even these like pr like interviews they're doing all this press they're right so now, funny together they're so funny together and they don't have enough of that in the movie exactly because like, the whole beginning of the movie they're sort of like at odds yeah and so that's why and there's some like jokes that they just do over and over that and you're, you're like, like okay i get okay. it like that that it's funny for a moment but like these people are funny but still, together. But still, I will tell you. Still a 10. It's still a 10 because still a 10. the story, the adventure, the mystery. Yeah. It keeps your, like, the first 10 to 15 minutes, a little slow to start, but also we're coming off of Inception where our brains have melted. I just, at the end of the movie, I found myself so entertained and yeah. just, like, so glad I watched it. It put me in a good mood. Yeah. I think this is one of those family feel-good adventure movies that if you're just like, I need one of these in my life. Right. Absolutely worth the watch. Go in with low expectations, even though I told you it's a 10. But it's maybe our leave... scale of a 10. Exactly. Yeah. This is a rotten potato scale, okay? This is rotten, it's very, rotten potatoes It's here. very subjective. I will say, if I had young children, I think some of the graphics would be kind of scary. Some of the graphics? Yeah, like the snake coming out of his mouth and like the... the oh. You know what I'm saying? I, there were a couple things that I was like, if I had like a four-year-old, I'd be like... Mm. Yeah, but I plan on having our four-year-old watch The Fugitive, Braveheart, and then this movie back to back to back. <laughs> well, we got to show them the tens. Yeah, so they just have to know they, those They things. need to I be mean, more rounded. It's a Disney movie, right? It's PG-13. Well, I just like to give people an idea of what to expect. I think expect. it's PG-13. So I don't like people, people to be like... People know what they're getting into with the PG-13. Are it's, you sure it's PG-13? I'm pretty sure. What would make it that? The violence? I guess there's a little bit of violence. Thank you. Paul Giamatti's <laughs> accent? <laughs> yes. That is offensive. Yeah. That should be R. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, those are our two movies, Inception and Jungle Cruise. Again, we really love pairing movies that no one has ever watched before <laughs> or will ever again we back like to back. We like confusing an algorithm. Yeah. Like, uh, what ad should we serve you they weirdos? They really don't know what to tell. They're just like, please watch Ted Lasso season two. And I'm like, I'm trying. And they're like, please watch Ted. And I'm just like, she won't get through the first season with me. So I'm spacing it out yeah forever and ever also when do i get to watch the second crudes movie soon okay maybe that's this weekend you need a cue man I, you keep throwing stuff at me and i just need to be in the right mood bring it to the notion bring it to the cue no i'm just gonna watch them myself because here's what's gonna happen what? if i don't bring them up you're never gonna be like hey did you want to watch crudes too that's what i'm trying to tell you you need yeah. to make a cue no i'm just gonna watch it myself 
That's not an idea. That's rude. And then I'm going to start my own movie review podcast, Separate of You, where I just do secret movie reviews from my wife. And it's just Rotten Potato. And I'm like, how <laughs> dare you? Uh, all right. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, somewhere between the preamble and the movies, there was some <laughs> business topics in there. But hey, that's our podcast. You guys know how this you know? goes by That's now. how it goes. Uh, if you got any thoughts for us or anything you want to give feedback, send us an email. Hello at wanderingamply.com. Otherwise... We will be back next week with another episode, and we appreciate you listening. See ya.